0: I, uh, I kind of made a silent prayer it wasn't a prayer that I was that I prayed real hard about or uh, prayed often about there was just something inside me that went up to the Lord and uh, I kind of thought about some relationships in my life especially in with regards to ministry uh, that were not where it was supposed to be there are certain things that happened in the past where my relationship with certain ministers a few of them not the whole world. <laughs> With certain ministers were not was, not, was not where it was supposed to be. And so kind of in my heart, you know, I was saying, God, it would be so nice if we could get things sorted out. If we just get it where it's supposed to be, it's not nice for us as ministers of God not to have good relationships. It's so a kind of a silent prayer that I made. And, uh, and it was so interesting because in the month of February, there was a certain minister of God. And, and I'm just sharing this testimony. You don't have to sit on there and say, I wonder who he's talking about. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm just sharing this just to kind of lead us into what we're going to study from the Word. There's a certain minister of God who who was part of our ministry, in uh, not in Bangalore, but in another place in India. And uh, things were going well, but something went wrong along the way. And uh, we had to bring a little correction into his life in a certain area. And just that same moment, he decided to leave. Uh, It was very unfortunate. We did not want that to happen. There was nothing other... Anything personal or anything difficult? Other than that issue that we needed to, need to bring correction about, but he, he just left because of that, and uh, uh, and then we left things the way they were. But I was thinking, I said, you know, this is not the right way for things to end. This is not the right way for things to be when it comes to relationships. And uh, in the month of February, he called us. He called the church, and then he said, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing a TV ministry. I would, um, if you want, you could sponsor some part of my. TV programs. So when the news came, then it was like, wow, here's an opportunity that God himself sent to us to reconcile and to affirm our love and support of this minister of God. And in fact, at that point, he actually owed us a certain amount of money, a substantial amount of money. So what we did was we said, you know, we're going to just cancel that debt. You don't have to try and pay it back. Forget it. And we're going to sponsor four months of your TV programming. We're going to help you do that. Just to let you know that we love you. We are with you. Uh, we want to forget what happened in the past. We want to flow together for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And then there was this other minister of God. Uh, as, as we got, uh, got to know him, got to know each other, there were a lot of things. I mean, there were certain things that I was observing, which was really troubling me. And can kind of I share it with Maybe a few people. I said, it was really very troubling. And and so sometime last year, I decided to kind of withdraw from that relationship because of what I was feeling very uncomfortable about. And uh, in fact, last year, I was scheduled to go and minister at a conference together with him. And like two days before that, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot come. There are issues in my heart that I, I really need to deal with. And there is, it's not right for me to be on the same platform preaching when I've got these things going on inside me. I actually canceled uh, going and preaching uh, at that conference. Uh, and I left things at the way it was. And so I felt I said, you know, this is not right. Uh, I've got to do something. I've got to reconcile. I've got to make an effort to uh, be a good friend even though there are issues. And the Lord really dealt with me in that area, especially because one of the things, and you know, this ministry is not part of all people's church. He doesn't report to me or anything. He's, he has his own ministry. So the Lord was saying, you know, he reports to the Lord. He doesn't report to me. So I should not take offense at what I am not comfortable with in his life. It's not grave sin, some grievous sin he is doing. It's just the way he functions, the way he works. And I'm just, I just, you know, uh, I'm not comfortable with. And so the Lord dealt with me and, uh, and, uh, on that. And, and it, I got a release in my heart to be able to build friendship again, even though in my mind, I couldn't accept the way He functions, the way He does things. And so this year, we t- took the opportunity to go and minister with Him. Just reaffirm friendship. Just be friends and say, you know, we're going to flow together. Even though our styles are different, even though there are certain things that, you know, uh, I may find issue with. Uh, we're going to flow together. And so uh, in these last three months, I've seen God just open up opportunities to reaffirm, to rebuild, to reestablish certain relationships. And and uh, I feel that it is so important for us as people to uh, maintain good, healthy relationships. Amen. Even in the church and in, in several, in different spheres of life. You know, in life normally... No man lives on an island. We're all surrounded by people. And whether we like it or not, we have relationships. All kinds. With parents, sons and daughters, with children, uh, with if you are married, colleagues in your school, college, or place of work, uh, with customers in your business, with your boss, your superiors, people you report to in your place of work, uh, with strangers, people that you've just run into, you've never seen before, you may not see again later. We, we have all kinds of relationships in our world. and. And uh, uh, people are wonderful, but the problem is none of us are perfect. So that kind of creates a little difficulty in our relationships. If everyone was perfect, if everyone just behaved the same way, life would be very simple. But that's not the way things are. And, uh, you know, when uh, relationships with people are wonderful, and they could either be a source of great blessing, or they can be a source of great testing in our lives. And God can use a relationship that He's placed around us, To help us fulfill His purpose. Relationships are important. And what comes into our life through the relationships we have can either lift us up or take us down. There are things that are coming into your life through the relationships that you have. And they're either going to build you up, make you stronger, make you better. Or they're going to take you down. Now God works through the relationships that we have around us. The relationships that He has placed around us. Relationships are also a great opportunity for us. To give in to the lives of others. If I want to give in to other people's lives, very often I need to have a relationship with them. It's a channel for us to impart, to give in to the lives of other people. I guess another reason why relationships are so important. Because my relationship with God must reflect and must affect my relationships with people. And my relationships with people will affect my relationship with God. These are not independent. John put it this way in First John chapter four, verses 20 and 21. John said, "If someone says, "I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also." In other words, I can't separate the two. I can't say, "Wow, I love God whom I've not seen, but I people man, I can't stand him." It just it's just not right. It doesn't go together. I love God, and if I love God, it somehow must translate into my relationships with people. And so, in this series that we're starting now on relationships, we want to uh, uh, unearth, discover the timeless people principles that are in the Word of God. What does God say in the Bible concerning relationships? After all, He made all of us. So what He says on how we relate to each other should be the standard that we must abide by. So we want to discover that. We want to get into that. We want to answer this question, how can we uh, learn to relate to one another? Now, each one of us have different relational abilities, relational skills. We're both just born different. You know, some of us are just naturally outgoing. We can just connect with anybody. And some of us, like myself, we're like, you know, we have to work on building relationships. It doesn't come naturally. We've got to work on it. We've got to, uh, we're more reserved and and, uh you know, we have to work on just becoming friends and so on. But the good thing is all of us can learn to become better in our understanding of relationships and improve in our relationships in this whole area. And so that's what I want to do. And I'm learning myself as I study, as I'm just searching. I'm praying the same thing for myself. Say, God, I want to improve. I want to become a better person in my, a better become better in my ability to relate to other people. Now, here's a simple suggestion I want to make as we begin to study. As, as we go into this series, don't sit there thinking, I wish he was here listening to this. I wish she was here. That was exactly for that person. God is speaking to her, you know. Please don't do that. Because then the whole purpose of, of, of us studying and learning about relationships, you know, everybody else but me, you know is really we're going to miss out on this whole purpose. And so as we, li- as we study God's word together in relationships, I want to encourage us that, you know, let's look at the word and then say, Lord, what can I do with what I'm learning? How can I change? How can I conform myself to the word? How can I move forward in my ability to relate to people? So I want to encourage us uh, to listen and study the word of God with that in mind. I want to recommend two books. One, of course, is something that we've put out uh, some years ago, it's called Living Life Without Strife. Uh, we taught on Living Life Without Strife sometime back, and it's in print. You can pick up a copy of this little publication. Read it during this time, it'll help you uh, uh, just to understand the importance of living life without strife. There's also another book that I just read, uh, reading, I'm still reading, uh, uh, which I picked up recently in the month of January. Uh, it's called Winning with People, uh, written by John Maxwell, published uh, in uh, 2004. Uh, it's a really nice book with lots of stories uh, looking at the uh, psychology and uh, of human relationships. But uh, um, a drawback in this book is uh, there is not much scripture, hardly any scripture in that book. So... Uh, if you 're looking for a book that has scripture in it teaching us on relationships, this will not be the book to pick up, but otherwise, it has lots of stories. It has lots of uh, real life examples and, uh, uh, and and lessons drawn from that and so I would um, quote a little bit from his book uh, as we go along in this uh, in this series. This morning, I want to really focus on getting ready for relationships. How can I prepare myself to build healthy Are meaningful relationships with people? How can I uh, be ready to deal with relationship challenges that I might run into in relating to one another? You know, one of the things in relationships is to be your brother's keeper, which means every few minutes you need to knock on them. Just make sure they're awake, okay? I know it's hot in here. So be your brother's sister's keeper. Make sure they're awake and receiving God's Word this morning. Now, why do we need to prepare ourselves for relationships? I mean, doesn't it come naturally to all of us in all that we could just learn to relate to one another The reality is this, that life's experiences has affected our ability to relate to one another. Now the things that we go through life, in many cases, has negatively affected our ability to relate to one another. So none of us start out perfect in our ability to relate to each other. Things that we've experienced can uh, become stumbling blocks. We begin to filter People, relationships, based on our previous experiences. Think, for example, if, if, uh, of children who grow up in a, a dysfunctional home. I'm not saying this uh, is every in every case, but in most cases... Uh, children who grow up in dysfunctional homes, whether they, you know, the parents are constantly fighting or uh, one parent is absent or they, uh, just the absence of both parents. What happens? They do not see a good model of what it means to be a father. They do not see a good model of what it means to be a husband or a wife. They don't have that given to them. And so when they come into that position of being a husband and a father, they have no model, no frame of reference from which to flow. And so many times, the, uh, the relationship, they, that they, they uh, the way they function in their relationship as father or as husband, uh, uh, can be very wrong, can be very negative, simply influenced from the dysfunctional background they came from. Are uh, those of us who experienced pain or hurt in certain relationships? Maybe it was a, a colleague in your workplace. It was a very bad boss. Maybe it was, you know, a, a business partner who cheated on you. It can affect your relationships moving forward. You become very suspicious of other people. Then you go to get a new job. Your boss, the moment he shows any little similarity with your previous boss, you're preparing a resume. It's like, man, this guy turns out to be just like my previous boss. you know. And, and, and you kind of filter every experience based on what you've gone through before. And you think every person is alike. Simply because... Of your previous experience. So all of us, you know, we, none of us start out perfect. Our experiences in life have uh, is in some ways impaired or affected uh, our ability to relate to people. And that's why we must begin at this starting point on what must I do to be really prepared to build wholesome, healthy relationships. Now here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12 verses 29 to 31. He said, you know, here's the first commandment. What's it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Soul, mind, and strength. And here's a second one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I want to focus on Mark 12, 31, where Jesus said, Love your neighbor as you love your own self. It's a question. What if I don't love myself? How am I going to love my neighbor? What if I have problems with myself? What if I hate myself? What if I don't like who I am, the way I am, what I'm doing? I've got issues with myself. It is going to affect my ability to love my neighbor. Amen. Now, why would you know, Why would somebody say, you know, uh, uh, why would somebody uh, not love themselves? There could be so many reasons. So many reasons why people are in conflict with themselves. Sometimes people hate themselves because their life is out of control. They're into addictions, into uh, things that they know they should not be doing. They don't want to do it, but they can't help themselves. They're doing it. And so they hate themselves for what they're doing. But it's a vicious cycle because they keep doing it. There's, there seems to be no help to come out of it. And the more they do it, the more they hate themselves. And obviously this is going to help affect their ability to relate to others. Sometimes failures. We don't forgive ourselves for our failures. We All of us fail in certain areas. We make mistakes, wrong choices, wrong decisions. And then we can't forgive ourselves. And therefore this begins to affect our ability to forgive others, to be tolerant, to be patient towards others in our wrong choices and mistakes. Sometimes uh, we can't forgive ourselves because of the abuse that we've allowed somebody else to inflict on us. And we can't forgive ourselves because we allow them to do it. And so we are in conflict with ourselves. You know, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse 28, Husbands, love your wives as your own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husband, love your wife just she love your own body. But what if he doesn't love his own body? How is he going to love his husband? Ho- his wife. He's abusing his body, ruining his body, doesn't have any desire to take care of it. If he doesn't have any love for himself, how is he going to show love towards his wife? So here's a key point that you and I need to start out with. And I like to quote John Maxwell on this. He says, how we relate to ourselves influences how we relate to others. Hence, the first person we must examine is ourselves. How we see ourselves will influence how we see others. You know, if I don't see myself as God sees me, if I don't see myself as somebody who is worthy of the greatest love there is in the world, of God's love, that God lavishes His love on me, that God loves me, that God has unconditionally accepted me, then it's going to be very difficult for me to see those around me as people who are loved by God unconditionally. And therefore, it's going to be very difficult for me to extend that same kind of love to them. Amen? If I feel that I have to earn the love of God, then I'm going to look at everybody else and say, you also need to earn the love of God. You need to fast as much as I fast. You need to pray as much as I pray. You need to do all these good things that I do to earn the love of God. But if I can see that God loves me unconditionally, then I can easily translate it to other, other people around me and begin to see that God loves them also unconditionally. Therefore, I must extend unconditional love to those around me. Amen? How I see myself will affect how I see others and how I uh, relate to others. Do I extend grace to myself when I fail? If I make a mistake, I do something wrong, do I forgive myself? Or do I hold that against me? Saying, man, you're the worst thing that happened on the earth. And if I can't forgive myself, if I can't extend grace to myself, what will happen? I will hold the same thing against people. I'll find it very difficult to extend grace to somebody else who fails. Amen. Now, I'm not telling us uh, to be sloppy. All right, I believe in discipline. Uh, I believe... Um, when there are things that you need to work on, you need to work on it. Don't extend sloppy grace. What sloppy grace? This sloppy grace is, you know, do anything. God just, God just doesn't mind. And that's sloppy grace because God does believe in discipline. God tells us to discipline ourselves. So I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying, look, you know, I made a genuine mistake. Let me forgive myself. Let me try again, or let me find another area where I must, where I must um, invest my time and effort. I'm learning to extend grace to myself. And if I can do that, then I can extend grace. To other people hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by others if i'm hurting i tend to hurt others and i'm easily hurt by them because i already got scars and wounds on me anywhere they touch i'm gonna jump gonna react because i'm hurting i tend to overreact over exaggerate overprotect over influence so depending on what we've been through and what's going on on the inside if i'm hurting. It's going to really affect my relationships with people. Now, we've all gone, or most of us, or many of us would have gone through experiences in life that, have, that may have left us hurt and wounded. And we cannot undo the past. We can't go back and say, you know, let's change what has happened. We can't do that. Well, what we can do is look to God and receive healing for our hurts, our wounds, our scars, and, and areas of brokenness. And we can, God can make us whole again. And we can pursue positive experiences that are going to encourage us to build positive relationships. We can't undo the past, but I can pursue good experiences and and, and build myself up in areas of relationships where I need to work on. Here's a nice statement from John Maxwell. He says, if I have a problem with everyone, then I am usually the problem. Now, if I've got problems and issues with everybody, it's usually me who is the problem. If I'm at conflict with myself, it causes me to easily come into conflict with others. So what I want to do this morning as we begin the study in relationships is this. We must allow the Lord Jesus to make us whole so that we can build wholesome relationships. Amen. I love the Lord to bring wholeness into our lives so that we in turn can build whole, wholesome relationships with people. And I want to present to us four action points here that I would like us to work on this morning before we leave. The first is I want to encourage us to learn to see ourselves as who we are in Christ. No, you've heard me say this many times before. Who you are in Christ is who you really are. If you can see yourself as who you really are in Christ and keep that as, who, as your self-image, as a basis for your self-image, it's going to help overcome A lot of insecurities, a lot of excuses for inabilities. Because now you will say, into saying I'm so weak and poor, you're going to say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I'm not sufficient in myself, but my sufficiency comes from God. And therefore I'm equal to any challenge that I have to face. I should begin to live out of who you are in Christ. To begin to see yourself as who you are in Christ. It's going to help you overcome Many of these insecurities, the weaknesses, the emotional weaknesses that hinder our relationships with others. So I want to encourage let us begin to see ourselves who we are in Christ. We are loved by God. We are accepted by God. We are the righteousness of God. We are access in the presence of God. We are kings and priests. We are people with authority. Uh, even though in our natural Immediate position right now. You, you may be weak. You may be, you may be feeling all kinds of brokenness in your life. But when you begin to see as who you are in the Spirit, in Christ, you're going to be able to rise up above those limitations. Amen. So begin to live out of who you are in Christ rather than living out of, uh, of just your own self uh, uh, and your own abilities. Begin to perceive yourself. This is who I really am in Christ. Second, we must receive healing to our inner hurts and wounds. Just as God heals the body, He also heals the mind, the emotions, the will. The Bible tells us in Psalm 23 verse 6, He restores my soul. He restores my soul, my mind, my emotions. He brings it back to a state of wholeness. So I may have gone through experiences in life which may have hurt me, wounded me emotionally in my soul. But He restores my soul. Jesus said He came to heal the brokenhearted in Luke 4.18. He came to heal those who are hurting and broken on the inside. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, talking about the anointing, it says it's because of the anointing. By the anointing, God consoles those who mourn in Zion. He gives them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You may say, you know, I'm really in the dumps today. Emotionally speaking, I've been bruised and battered and, uh, and I've just gone through enough. I'm sitting in the ash heap. The Bible says, God gives beauty for ashes. That's our God. Amen. All of us can come to the Lord and experience healing and wholeness emotionally. Restoration and bringing back to a state of wholeness. He gives the garment of praise to those who are oppressed under heaviness. He gives joy for those in mourning. That's our God. How does He do it? I don't know, but I know He does it. Amen? How does God heal the physical body? I don't know, but I know God does it. We pray, we ask the Lord, God does it. There's no formula, no magic wand, but God's the source of emotional healing for hurts hurts and wounds. The third action point that I want us to take here as we prepare ourselves to build healthy relationships is this. Let's stop blaming others and look at ourselves. You know, most of us who are in uh, 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 problems and relationships, we tend to look at everybody else and say the issue is with her, the issue is with him, the problem with her. She doesn't know how to do this. He doesn't know this. And that's why we're in all this mess. And we don't tend to stop and look at ourselves. But this morning, we must begin with ourselves, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at ourselves and let's Uh, Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to put his finger on those issues in our lives that are really causing problems in our relationships. Whether it's our boss, whether it's a colleague, uh, um, your peer at work, wherever. And there could be several issues that are hindering us from building healthy relationships. I just want to mention some of them. You know, I don't want you to leave this place this morning feeling all condemned, you know. No, that's not the point. The point is, let's work on our relationships. With the Word of God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we must learn to build healthy relationships. Amen? So I'm not saying all of this to condemn anyone. I'm in the same boat as you are. We're all together in this. Here are some things that could hinder us. Anger. Now the Bible says in Proverbs 29 verse 22, An angry man stirs up strife. So am I, am I a person who just gets angry, you know, at the drop of a hat? Being irritable. 1 Corinthians 13 5 says, Love is not irritable, easily provoked. You know, I know when I'm irritable. You know, when I'm under stress. You know, I've got to finish this by this time. That's the time I don't want any phone call to come. That's the time I don't want anybody to come and talk to me. And if, if you do happen to come, you know, I'm, hmm, okay, tell me quick, what's the problem? You know, <laughs> I know when I'm in that position because I'm, I'm, I'm like so focused. I need to get something done. I have to get it done. Please don't disturb me. It's the wrong time. So I need to work on that. Love is not irritable. What about trust? Maybe for some of us, lack trust. We are just by nature, by default, very suspicious. Why did he give me this call? Why did he send me this email? What's the real reason? You know, why did he give me this and not that? And by nature, we are so suspicious. We don't, don't give trust. I understand that in relationships, trust must be earned. But to make things easy, if trust is given, it's going to make the relationship uh, much better. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 31 about, you know, husband wife, Proverbs 31, 11, says, The heart... Of her husband safely trusts her. So the husband is placing trust in her. You can't have a a marriage without trust in that relationship. What if I'm too demanding? You know, I'm expecting everybody else to be perfect. But I condone my own imperfections. Then I'm like that person in Matthew 7 verse 1 to 5. Where Jesus said, you know. That I look for the speck in my brother's eye. But I've got a log in my own eye. So I, I can be too demanding. No, you said. It will be at 3, you will be here at 3.45. You came here at 3.50. Why? Bangalore traffic, you know, it might be 4.50, but that's a different story. You know, but you you can be so demanding from people. But when you get there five minutes late, you said, you know, I'm sorry, I just had to, you know, you have a valid excuse. And you condone your own mistake. So when you're so demanding of others, nobody wants to have a relationship with somebody who's so demanding, expecting perfection all the time. What about bitterness? What if I have bitterness in my heart? Hebrews twelve fourteen and 15 says, you know that if there's any root of bitterness, if I allow it to spring up, it's going to cause me trouble and others are going to be defiled. So bitterness in my heart is not only going to affect me, but it's going to affect others. You know, maybe you had a bad, uh, uh, you know, bad, bad experience, um, let's say in business, you had a bad experience, and then from, the, from then on you carry this bitterness and you begin to release it with every, everyone else. Or it could be in a relationship that you had maybe with uh, another, uh, somebody of the opposite sex. Maybe another guy, another girl uh, that you, were, you thought was so friendly, was so good. And, and, uh, and suddenly something happened and they just uh, abandoned you. And from then on you think, man, all men are monkeys. And you just bitter every man. So that, that, that bitterness is going to cause you trouble and it's going to affect others around you. Men will stay away. What if I'm contentious? You know, what does it mean to be contentious? It means that, you know, morning, noon, and night, I'm ready to fight. Any the drop of a hat, I'm ready. Got my boxing gloves on. There's no way I can reason with you, that I can have a quiet conversation with you to uh, work something through. Contentious. As charcoal is to burning coals, the Bible says in Proverbs 26, 21, as charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. I mean, it, strife is just all around him. Fights with everybody. Whereas a soft answer will dissipate anger. Proverbs 15.1 But harsh words will stir up anger. What if I'm selfish? That means everything is around, about me. And if I'm so self-centered that others don't really matter. The Bible says love is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. Is that an issue that I need to deal with? And is that something that's hindering others from building good relationships with me? What if I'm jealous? You know, the Bible teaches us in Romans 12, verse 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. The Bible tells us, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, many of us might find it easy to empathize with people in their moments of hardship and sadness. But can you celebrate with people in their moment of triumph, in their moment of success? A true friend is not only able to stand with you in your hardship, but he's able to celebrate with you in your triumph. But jealousy is one thing that prevents people from celebrating with their friends. So what happens? You know, you're a really thick friend. You're empathizing with the person with the mother of hardship. You know, I'm with you, brother. I'm with your sister. Go for it. God will bring you out of this horrible pit. And, he, you know, and you're just waiting. Maybe it'll take 25 years, so it's okay. You know, God will bring you out of this horrible pit. God will bring you out. You're with them. The moment God brings them out and the God is launching them, God is prospering them, jealousy creeps in and destroys that relationship. You're no longer that friend. What happens? Jealousy. And like this, there are several other things that could impair healthy relationships. Being boastful. If everything you talk about is how wonderful you are, how beautiful you are, how handsome you are, how, you know, how great you are. Nobody wants to stand around that person too long. Boastful. Everything is How good I am, you know. Or what if I'm insensitive? I don't care about the feelings of others. I just step on everybody's toes all the time. I don't care about their feel. I don't care about their needs, about their, what's going on in their life. I'm insensitive to others. It's going to hinder my relationship with people. Or what if I'm hypersensitive? Okay. A wind blows. Whoa, that was them talking about me. Yeah. Just totally hypersensitive. If you're hypersensitive, nobody can come and tell you you're wrong. Now you, you probably know people like that. And, and You can't tell them they're wrong. Why? If you tell them they're wrong, they're gonna get offended, they're gonna take it personal. He doesn't like me, that's why he's saying this. No, he's just trying to tell you that there's a better way to do something, that's all. And because you're hypersensitive, you take it personal. Oh, they don't like me, and you, I can't talk to them anymore. What if I'm controlling? What if I lack friendliness? What if I uh, lack proper understanding because I haven't seen a proper model of, of a good relationship? What if I'm just discontented and unfulfilled and so on? And we get the list can go on of issues Things that are really hindering us from building good relationships with one another. You know, some, some of us might just say, you know, I don't have any issues. I'm perfectly all right. I'm just fine. Then you just got to check up on how many accidents you've been having. I'm talking about relational accidents. If you've been having too many relational accidents, then it's a good sign that there are some blind spots in your life where there are issues that you can't see. And that's what's causing these accidents to take place. And some of us will say, you know, what's the point in dealing with all these? Because the real person has a problem is the other person. So why should I deal with it? The other person will never change. Or maybe it's a marriage relationship. And he said, well, you know, all of this is nice, but the, the other person will never change. Well, it's true, the other person may never change. But if you and I can deal with these issues, what will happen? It will help us build healthy relationships with other people and prevent this bad experience from prevent- affecting us in other relationships. And lastly, the last action point I want to present to us here this morning is imitate God. Imitate God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Be imitators of God as dear children. In what way? It continues, Walk in love as Christ also loved us. So imitate God. How must I imitate Him? Love as He loved. And there are several other places the Bible tells us to imitate God. In Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, the Bible tells us in verse 32, Forgive one another as God forgave you. So God has forgiven me. So I'm going to imitate that. I'm going to forgive others. I'm going to be an imitator of God. Ephesians 5:25 says, "Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church." So imitating Christ here in my relationship to my wife. And Luke 6:35-36 says, no "Love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil." Therefore. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So it says, look at God. You know, God makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad. He is good and kind to those who are righteous and those who are wicked. So it says, if you want to be a child of God, truly represent God, it says, be merciful just as He is merciful. Be an imitator of God. Be merciful just as He is merciful. So which means that in every relationship, if I can come to a place and say, you know, I really want to imitate God in my relationships. In my relationship to my wife, I must model the love of Christ that loves unconditionally, gives completely, nourishes and cherishes perfectly. I'm still working on it. Amen. To my children, I must model the father of God. God is my father. He loves me unconditionally. I make mistakes. He forgives me. He's patient with me. For years, he's waiting on me to learn some truth. For years, he's waiting on me to overcome certain areas. Now, if I must imitate God in that relationship, that I must be like Him towards my children. Model the fatherhood of God to my children. Because that's the that's number one way that they're going to understand the fatherhood of God. That there is a God who loves them. That there is a God who loves them unconditionally. There's a God who forgives. There's a God who is patient. Now God does discipline, but His discipline, his discipline doesn't destroy. His discipline brings loving correction and adjustment and guidance into my life. I must model God, imitate God to friends and strangers. I am to model the kindness and goodness of God. Because God is kind and good to the righteous and the unrighteous. To those whom I lead, I am to model the leadership example of Christ. To those who lead me, I am to model the servanthood of God. Servanthood of Christ as, as He has submitted Himself to the Father. I submit myself to those who lead me. So I want to encourage us this morning. Let's prepare ourselves to build godly relations. Good healthy relationships. And we begin by learning to love ourselves. We begin... By loving God to bring healing to us, we begin by loving God to deal with issues that are hindrances and stumbling blocks. We begin by making a choice to be an imitator of God. Amen. So, young man, young woman, before you run off to find Miss, Miss Wright and Mr. Wright, pause to see if you're really ready for relationship. Father, mother, parents, are you modeling the fatherhood of God to your children, son or daughter? Are you modeling? the Son of God, Jesus Christ, back to your parents. Employee, are you modeling the servanthood of Christ to those who are are your bosses, your employers? Employer, are you modeling the servant leadership of Christ to those who follow you? Our success or failure in life can usually be traced back to the relationships we've had. Amen.